and you're just yes. not going to hear from me for a week. And then you're yeah. going to be like, oh, I can feel it. The pages yeah. are turning. The pages are turning. And then I'll like text you and be like, we should do board games. You'd be like, no, no, okay, I'm that's reading. Generous that I would answer you. <laughs> yeah, that's, you wouldn't even answer. You'd be like, no. You'll be texting my partner and being like, is everything good? All right, and welcome to the Book Jar Podcast. My name is Marissa, and I'm joined with my best friend, <laughs> Megan. Here on the Book Jar Podcast, we talk about book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis, and Megan is shocked because I called her my best friend, it's, even though it's true. It's true, but it's just, I wasn't expecting it, and It's so. just like a little gift for you today. Thank I'm you. Like, here you go. It just made me feel 10 times better in one second did it did it make give you more energy it did actually yeah, yeah. i've been struggling with that today as you can tell <laughs> you know what low energy days are necessary so it's all good oh. but i do think it's funny because right before and i'm totally breaking the fourth wall here yeah whatever you want to call it there <laughs> but you were like you were like you know like sharpay evans in the high school musical where she's yes. like <laughs> it was like that but you were like energy energy <laughs> Like, that's what I know. I'm like breathing in deeply. I'm like, I can do this. I, I can, can do this. this. I am focused. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like you got to turn yourself on and off for these kinds of things. Just a quick on and off switch. Yeah. yeah. Like, why don't we have that as yeah. human beings? Yeah. That would just make life way easier. Yeah, totally. And then when you like shut down for the night, you don't deal with things like, I don't know, insomnia. In yeah. That'd be fun. Or th fun. thinking about all the problems. No, just on just a little. On the back of the neck. Yeah. yeah. A little power a little timer. button. Or timer. Yeah. Kind of like those Christmas tree light switches. Yeah. That turn on at night, turn off when it's light outside. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Solar. <gasps> solar power. Solar power. Because you go out, you get your vitamin D, you get your sunshine. Yeah. And you're feeling good. And then you run on battery during the night, but like low. Low battery. Yeah. You're saving battery. And oh, man. Man. Where is, is AI developing this somewhere, <laughs> somehow? Let's not talk about that. That's going to get scary. <laughs> oh, oh, no. They're going to listen to us. And oh, and they're going to steal our ideas. And they're going to steal our voices. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, this, this has been energetic and um, also a complete tangent. It's like not book related not topic book related, news or not, anything. Not jar related, nothing. <laughs> How have you been doing other than being a little tired today? Oh, pretty good. You know, good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, I guess. Um, you know, it's nice and sunny where it we live. Sunny. Yeah. So enjoying that summer vibes. Yeah. Um, and it like it's like the battle between like I should be outside doing stuff, but also I just want to stay inside and read or like yeah. do things that I don't have to be outside with. So that Yeah. But yeah, how about you? Uh pretty good, other than the fact that I'm in a massive reading slump. Yeah. So I have not like read a full book in two months. That's, a that's long, weird. That's a long time. And then I sign into my I just like just so everyone's aware of the uh the amount that I'm off track of my reading goal, it's 19 books. I'm 19 books behind. Ooh. So we'll see if we get this one done this year. It, I'm not that worried. Like, I feel like yeah. I should be panicked about that. 
I, I'm not worried about you. I think I think you'll be fine. And yeah. I'm like, look up there. I'm like, you have a few like small books. That I feel like you could just power through yeah. if you just wanted to catch up a little bit whenever you like felt like reading. And, and you know, like there's going to be like a week in the summer where it just rains and you're just yes. not going to hear from me for a week. And then you're yeah. going to be like, oh, I can feel it. The pages yeah. are turning. The pages are turning. And then I'll like text you and be like, we should do board games. You'd be like, no, no, okay, I'm that's reading. generous. That I would answer you. <laughs> yeah, that's, you wouldn't even answer. You'd be like, no. You'll be texting my partner and being like, is everything good? Yeah, like she's fine, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, she just has piles of books around she's her. She's literally secluded in the corner. Yeah. I just, I just bring her food and walk away. Well, okay, but if that happens, just like have me over and we'll read together. Mm. I think that yeah. would be fun. So if I disappear off the grid, just come over with books. Yeah. There you go. And we'll just read together. That'll be our time. That's your invitation. Okay. The no invitation is your invitation. Okay. My Sounds best good. friend. <laughs> Unless you like, I come over one time and you're like, not here. I'm like, not Yeah. You're just like camping or something. I'm like, well, this is awkward. Well, I misread that. Situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. All right. Okay. So I know you've been reading. <laughs> yes. Just to get us slightly back on track. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I'm a reading. I've actually read. Well, we had a little bit of a break between like our recording yes, and stuff. Did, so it yeah. gave me more time, which. I always appreciate. Yeah, and in the last one, we actually didn't do our recap either. We didn't? Oh, no, we didn't. We didn't. It's weird. Because I was secretly hoping I would have read books by now. So I didn't have to admit to the fact that I haven't read a book in two months. But we're just embracing it at this point. Fair. Yeah. Um, So I finished reading um, Some Kind of Animal. I think that one I was like talking about that I was like not like I was like, this is going to probably be the lowest yeah rating read of the year which it is so far yeah um you know i always hold out for that like last minute save yeah at the end of the book and it's so rare it's got to mm-hmm. be less than like less than one percent of the books i've read yeah. have had that save but the one time it happens it's so worth it it just brings you back in yeah. it's like a toxic relationship it's like, terrible it's so bad <laughs> but it, it was just like it didn't get rescued at the end it didn't get rescued at the end like the it was kind of like this character like her whole plan well okay so like the generic subplot is or plot of this book i guess is that she has like this twin sister she didn't know she had okay and she her twin sister lives in the woods and she literally lives like a caveman in the woods so it's just like no civilization yeah. barely and her whole thing is like when she turns 18 she's gonna go live with her sister in the woods okay cool it's fun why wouldn't do that personally but you know she's just can't trying to relate can't relate she's trying to get over small town vibes um and then all this stuff happens where some people think she's like attacked this boy, but it was actually her twin sister. Okay. So she wants to live in the yeah. woods. So she wants to live in the woods and she's like running away and like was finding all this stuff out about like her mom who like right. died super young and like all this stuff. And it was just like not interesting. And it was like <laughs> a young adult book that like. Oh, young adult. It's a young adult. Oh, that's surprising. Because the way you're describing this, it sounds like, like the plot sounds like something I would expect like a university teacher to have given me. And then you find like the deeper meanings and stuff. Yeah. But if if it's 
And I'm not saying the deeper meanings can't be there in a young adult book, but it just seems like it's it wasn't. It wasn't. And it was very so it was like classified as young adult, but okay. it had like a lot of like mature, like more mature themes than young adult. Like, right. And there was like, and I'm not saying like you can't have swear words in young adult, but there was like more than I felt I'm used to in young adult. Yeah. And then there was also like, yeah, like a lot of kind of like trigger warning stuff, like sexual assault and like mm-hmm. things like that. So, it was just like interesting topics within it and then like there's also like murder and like there was just like a bunch of random things put into this book to like make it something but it never fully got there got there and then she ends up yeah like not even living in the woods they're just i don't know like it's just weird i don't recommend reading it there's a lot of religious undertone as well like to the point that i thought it was actually like a christian fiction book for like half of it Oh, like I literally was like, did I pick up a Christian fiction book without realizing it? Which, yeah. like, you know, if, if it was, I would have known what to expect. But I kind of went in and it was like almost she was like, s- s- like sinful doing all these things. And then like her aunt's partner ends up being a priest and he's like trying to save her. Like this, there was a whole plot subplot line of like interest. Yeah. So I, that literally like probably. Th- probably 60% of the book was heavily leaned into this like religious context religious context and then it wow, just okay. disappeared after that okay, so that's, so that was pointless it was pointless it was very int- it was just it was a wild ride in the worst possible ways so okay. that's <laughs> what i'm going to say about that i feel All really right. bad saying right. that but you know to each their own maybe someone out there enjoyed it yeah Anyways, on to the next story. <laughs> yeah, what what did you read after that? So then I read The Princess Bride. Yes. William Goldman, which, which I we... will say, um, when I'm talking about full novels, like, so I did, for our book club, I did partially reread this one. Yeah. I didn't do, like, a full read. I mostly skimmed it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't count it, which, like, yeah. maybe I could have, but, like. Well, you're, like, rereading it. Like, I feel like you can count re- rereads as, as you're It's okay. If I get to the reading. end of the year and I'm one book short, we'll add it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works. <laughs> I like that. Um, so yeah, we read that for our book club yes. for April. Which was um a fantastic chat, by the way. I don't want to recap like the whole thing here. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that because I felt like, and it's one of my favorite books, but I felt like the way we talked about it was like very we got a little bit critical about it, which mm-hmm. I like because I like figuring like getting to the root of like why certain things didn't go the way, like hit the way that you guys maybe thought yeah. or I thought they might. Yeah. And then really like thinking about that in terms of like, oh, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. So that was really like a fun experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really good chat. Not that I'm just like hyping up our book talk or book club, but hey guys, you should great. be in our book club. <laughs> no. I yeah, I and I'm glad it was like it gave me a chance and like a reason to read it because it's yeah. something that I've always been curious about reading. But just never picked it up. And you probably wouldn't have picked it up because, again, it's one of those books I don't think I would have, like, fully recommended yeah. to you. Because it's a book that I feel like if you really love the movie or you really like that specific kind of story, mm-hmm. it is, like, really rewarding to read. But it's also very, like, weird at times. Yeah. And also definitely relying on heavily on tropes. And yeah. so you have to, like, really, like know that that's going to be the journey uh so i i probably would have never been like you have to read this yeah even though it's like a yeah it probably would have never gotten off of your tbr yeah 
Yeah. And it's just like, I definitely was going in it with like, oh, this is like a fairy tale kind of meant for younger audience vibes. Yeah. Which it's not. Yeah. So like, yeah, like I just wouldn't have known. Yeah. Totally. Expect that. So it was kind of nice to read it. Quick plug for our book club. uh, So it it exists in our Discord uh, server, which you can find in the link uh, or find the link to rather in the description of this podcast uh we don't just talk about the book club books either there's a whole bunch of little channels set out to just talk about whatever book you're reading and kind of talk about that there so uh, feel free to join even if you aren't intending on joining the book club discussions or if you want to that's fantastic as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. love that what else did you read um and then finally i read i'm afraid of men by vivek shreya yeah and you b- let me borrow that. Yeah, I did. Proud of myself because I read it in an hour. No big deal or anything. It's, it's a really... <laughs> no, but that it was like one of the reasons I was like, you should read this. Not because I thought you were necessarily like... It wasn't like a... You're going to enjoy this so much you have to read this no matter what. Mm-hmm. It was a... Not that it wasn't good. That's not what I'm saying. But it was like a... It was enjoyable and it's, it's going to be quick. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing. Like... I yeah like I just didn't know what I wanted to read next after The Princess Bride and it Mm -hmm. was just like sitting there and I'm like you know what like it's a quick read something I can just like power through like in a morning or um like a couple afternoons or something and yeah Mm -hmm. like it ended up like surprising me how like enjoyable it was to read and easy to read yeah and like also like just like the topics that she talks about and stuff like it's just Mm -hmm. very like relatable on yeah. certain aspects but also very eye-opening on other aspects that i would never have thought about yeah and and there's even a point like i think i gave a 4.75 out of five stars because i was like literally it took me out into my own personal life and i was yeah like, and i was like oh like just thinking about people in my life who mm-hmm. are very like transphobic and like all this stuff and then i was just like it's so good it's making me think about these things but at the same time i'm like angry that i can't just like keep reading <laughs> like yeah. not think about the stuff so yeah it was yeah it's definitely really good but i don't know it's really good it was it was a really good nonfiction read for me and that's why mm-hmm. i gave it like five stars is because like i couldn't think of anything i would have done better yeah and it 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 did its job which was like it made me think yeah for sure and so that's fantastic and also empathize and like all, all this stuff all with the all things. the stories that were being told so yeah yeah and it's such a like v- yeah vulnerable story of her life so it's just yeah. really nice and, to- like she like seems like it bared all yeah and that's kind of what i enjoyed is like the starkness like the stark honesty mm-hmm. which like i didn't feel like it was trying to like flower up anything or like and it was introspective it was like a really interesting read yeah and i like that it wasn't like like there was some bad things or like crappy things that have happened to her and stuff and there's also good things that happened to her but it didn't necessarily end on like a really good note or a really bad note like yeah, it, was it was just, just like, like that's here her, i am her life yeah, yeah like that's where she is and that's what she's gone through and like yeah that's it yeah, yeah. totally i agree all right and that was that was the three that was the three all right. I was going to say that was it more meaning like like you ha- don't have another one to say. But then I realized that that might sound like, oh, you only read three. And that's <laughs> not what I meant. You read three, Megan. Pathetic. I read zero. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just our roles are reversed a little bit in this yeah, season of our what? life. And, you know, like I wanted to 
to like actually say it. And I was a little bit tempted to like try to read a really small book, but I thought about an interesting discussion we had with somebody who listens to our podcast recently about how much they enjoy some of the honesty that we have. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? There's somebody out there who's like feeling crappy about themselves because they haven't read in a bit. And you know what? Like it happens and life gets in the way and also like other things get in the way. And sometimes you just can't do it and it's okay. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Exactly. Doesn't mean I love books any less as you're about to see while we talk about our next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like that little transition? Good job. Good job. Thank you. All right. So today we were talking about our favorite book plot tropes. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And this comes from Alicia, Mm -hmm. who we have noted is uh, one who makes us think during the questions. Uh, it really makes us do homework, yeah, and come up with solid answers to the question, yeah. So, and I know that this was like a little bit, um, because we were talking about specifically like tropes that are affecting the plot, not romantic tropes, which I did find a little bit hard because there was like a couple that I was like, oh, I really yeah. like when this happens, but it was definitely like more romance yeah. based. It's still a plot trope, yeah. But it was definitely more romance-based, so I tried to, like, leave those ones out. I don't know if you... Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's a whole other conversation. And so I came up with some ones that actually surprised me because I was looking at them and I was like, oh, I actually really don't like this. Yeah. And then I, I started thinking about the trope I wanted and it was that trope. And I was like, oh, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say the one because I feel like I'm being really vague there. <laughs> So the power of friendship was one that I've discovered oh, I actually really like. Interesting. And maybe this isn't super surprising because I really like Sailor Moon and that is yeah. the entire series. True, is, true. We'll save you with the power of friendship. <laughs> like it's very that. But I was reading um on TV tropes all the literature mm-hmm. and a lot of them were like very comic books that I really like. But the Lord of the Rings is entirely composed of this trope. It's the power of friendship. Right. It's together as a group, we are better than we are apart. Yeah. And we are stronger together than we are individually. So I really enjoyed that. And my specific favorite example of this is uh, Frodo and Sam and the fact that, and it's even said in the in the book and in the movie, you know, that I can't remember how it's said in the in the book, to be honest with you, but it is said and it's... Uh, said in the movie as like Frodo wouldn't have made it far without Sam and it's actually Frodo who says that and I, that just sums it up so nicely like every point they leaned on each other and that is why they were able to accomplish their mm-hmm. goal and only because of that were they able to co- accomplish their goal yeah Um. so I've discovered that I really like that one I don't like when it gets corny yeah for sure like it's like it can't be against all odds and it can't be like I mean, unless I'm literally watching a children's show like Sailor Moon. Yeah. Uh, but it can't be, you know, like literal magical friendship like that. That's very tiring. But just the idea that like as a group or as a unit, people become yeah. stronger and can overcome difficulties. I actually really enjoy that one. I feel like for me, like playing off of that, like I really found that found family was like a one I really liked, yeah. which is like, I guess you could say it's similar. Like yeah. they're kind of in the same realm. And I specifically, and I couldn't think of an example in a book that did this, but, and I can't really think of a good example and I couldn't find the name of it, but I like the like 
when somebody tries to convince them that their friend has like betrayed them, mm-hmm. but they know mm-hmm. like that that didn't happen. So they just go along with it. But really, they're like, of course, you didn't leave me or of course, yeah. you didn't like switch sides. Like, I know you too. It's well like for that. the complete opposite, like the miscommunication trope. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. just like it's like we communicated through our history rather yeah, than yeah yeah communicating through our words yeah yeah. So, yeah i would say like those ones too but like going found family found family is like a big one for me like i love like just a group of like misfits or just people who don't really totally. belong or do whatever and they just like come together for like initially it's just for like their own good and their own like like try and get up in the ranks or whatever and then they just like end up being like well you're kind of like all i have but also like I want you here. But, like, also, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. So, like, I really lean towards, like, Six of Crows by Leah Bardugo was a big one. Like, you kind of have, like, your six people with their different talents do whatever, and they all are kind of just, like, going through rough patches in their life for different various reasons, and they're just really together to do a heist, and then you just end up, like, feeling for their friendship and feeling Mm -hmm. for them by the end of the series. Yeah. And, like, you're sad. (laughs) you're like you just like feel all the things um and then another one and like this might be like the friendship one too but like percy jackson yes like i feel like that's kind of like a found family too like it is it totally is so i I actually didn't think of percy jackson for that one um but but yeah you're totally right Mm -hmm. i was thinking in particular again sailor moon yeah. Is a fantastic example of this. So you just have a whole bunch of people who are thrown together um, and they eventually become friends. And yeah, and I also think I like the and I like I think it's like a specific way this is done, but the when the two friends who started off with the least in common become the most like the closest. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, the best example I can think of this is going to be from Sailor Moon. You can tell I'm consuming a lot of Sailor Moon lately, hey? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like Rei and Usagi mm-hmm. are, even in the manga, are represented kind of as having like the most tension between them, I think. Everyone, like you get tension at different points with all, all of them, but they end up, I think, feeling the most for each other. Yeah. Um, and becoming the tightest kind of because of that. Like, it's almost like they, because they have that friction, it's almost like, you know, like if you think of like physics, like two things with the most friction, it's like the hardest to split them apart. Like it's going to have that resistance to like pull them apart. And so like, I really like that. I don't like it when it becomes like abusive. Yeah. And I think a lot of representations of that do become where it's like, oh, they're like super name calling and like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I definitely... Like when it's done right, where they're just kind of like a little antagonizing and then they end up becoming like the strongest bond yeah. is nice. And I think that's the same with found family. It's like they kind of bicker and they kind of like don't get along yeah. just like like a, tr- like a, you know, like a family from yeah. the start. So it's just like it's more believable and yes. you like you want to see where it goes and you want to see where their relationships end up. Like mm-hmm. and yeah, like and they're not just like relying on each other because they have to it's because like they want to in the end i think this is a little bit enemies to friends too like i do enjoy that i think that makes it stronger i think it like like yeah you can definitely have both of them yeah in connected yeah because i'm thinking um ninth house by leo Vardugo. oh yeah that does have the twist of romance like hinted at so i'm gonna just like leave out those parts when i'm thinking about this one but the way that 
and I'm totally forgetting everyone's name in that series, but the way that the main character and, well, the two main characters end oh, up. Alex, Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> you are so right. It's Alex. <laughs> and what's the guy's name? Darlington. Darlington. Thank you. Wow. What a memory. Good job. It just, it just, got, it just came to me. It just came to me. <laughs> so Darlington and Alex. Yeah. And I think that like also you have that nice moment where they have such differences and they're judging each other right mm-hmm. off the bat. And you know, because you have both perspectives, why the other person is like the way that they are. But as you uncover it and like as they uncover it, it is really rewarding. Yeah. And, you know, you have that moment. I think my favorite moment between them or one of my favorite moments is there's a scene where Alex is really upset and Darlington just gives her like the most expensive crystal thing in this like ridiculously expensive house and just tells her to break it. Yeah. And then they just smash all this like crystal and like fine china and like stuff like that. And it's this moment where like they come from such different backgrounds and they have such different like trauma. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, because of like almost because of their differences, like he knew exactly what would help. Yeah. And gave like the permission and the safety to do it in a way that wasn't self-destructive. Very destructive, but not (laughs) self-destructive, which is important. So I, I like that moment too. And that is like yeah. another found family yeah. on this moment. And I really like Ninth House and how like they're not like it goes between the two timelines. Yes. And so like you think you're not really going to see that relationship grow between them because it's like they knew each other for the set amount of time. And then all of a sudden Darlington's like not in the picture anymore. Yeah. And so you're like, well, how how am I going to care about this relationship being like the way that leah wants us to but yeah like, she does such a good job that, yeah you know i don't why did i ever doubt her yeah, i don't why, know why, why did that happen <laughs> <laughs> all right how about another trope that you like well this one was like kind of obvious and like i won't talk too much about it because i've definitely mentioned it before but the whole female character dressing up as a man to accomplish yeah a of thing course. yeah um and, like, I was kind of, like, looking back at, like, everything I've read and even, like, The Breadwinner by Deborah Ellis, like, yeah. I f- completely forgot that whole plot in the yeah. in the book where she dresses up as a boy to, like, earn money for her family and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, it can, I like it because it can be done in, like, so many different ways. Yeah, totally. Like, it's not just, like, oh, this girl has to dress as a boy because her life is hard as a girl, like, to yeah. get through things. Like, it can be... Um, like in the case of Mulan, obviously, like she like she's protecting someone. She's protecting someone, protecting her family, all this stuff. There's um like Anatomy, a love story by Dana Schwartz was another one that I yeah. read last year. And that was like she wanted to be a surgeon and because she's a woman, like mm-hmm. she couldn't. So she like was only dressed as a boy for like a certain amount of time in the book. Mm-hmm. But it was enough to like make a point, but also like she could still do it on her own as a woman once it was like discovered or yeah. revealed or whatever that she is a girl. Totally. So I just like, I don't know why I enjoy them so much. I think I also I like enjoy the like character dresses up to be a little bit like unassuming. And mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of plays off of that, right? For sure. It's like, it's, it's dangerous for them to reveal mm-hmm. that they are a woman, but in that it makes them almost like stronger 
Yeah, it's like a yeah, there's like always that like increased risk of them doing that. So yeah. it's just you're kind of like rooting for them to like do get away with it, but yeah. also like overcome whatever's standing in their way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it just like yeah, just like a nice little little sprinkle on top. Okay, so just really quick before we go on to the next one, I am going to mention that you might have heard some like car noise in our audio. I'm actually not sure if it picked up, but if you did, so sorry. It's just a lovely summer day and we had the window <laughs> open, so that's my bad. Uh, hopefully, it's it's not too loud and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm going to go on to one that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, and this is the villain as the protagonist. Okay. And I think this can be done like multiple ways mm-hmm. in the sense that... And I mean, generally, when you read a book, you're you're kind of rooting for the protagonist. So I, what I find interesting is the villain as the protagonist is there's those stories where they like slowly reveal that they're actually probably like not the good guy. And then there's the other ones where you kind of know right off the bat. But even though you know, you're kind of subconsciously like looking for justifications mm-hmm. or like more empathetic to like why they're doing this. And so it brings in that like increased understanding. Um, one of the most like classic versions of this, I might say, maybe not, definitely not the only classic version, is the picture of Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, so he in the picture of Dorian Gray. Have you ever read that, by the way? I haven't. No. Okay. No, that's fine. It's like it's like a little bit one of those books that like it's so about the theme that it's like can be kind of hard to read. Yeah. Um, but. He ends up, so it's about this person who, like, is just constantly, like, young and beautiful. In the book, like, it's very much beauty is represented as, like, a good person. Mm-hmm. And what has happened is that anytime, so he's actually, like, a very cruel person. And anytime he does anything that is cruel or mean or whatever, uh, so it reflects in the portrait that he keeps in his house. And so as he does these cruel actions, he realizes that it's like it's affecting the portrait. And so he keeps the portrait hidden and is just like slowly becoming disgusted with how ugly it's becoming, Mm -hmm. even though like he knows what he's doing to create that. So and I just think that it's so interesting to read that perspective. And I I do think sometimes it's taken a little bit too far and I don't really want to read about the villains necessarily. Yeah. But I think you'll agree with this one because I know you did enjoy a certain Hunger Games book yes, that I focused was say, on a villain. <laughs> yeah. Songbird. Or what is it? The Ballad of Songbirds of Snakes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Immediately mm-hmm. forget like my favorite book's title. Anyways. Yeah. I was going to say like I thought that one was done so well. And like initially like I wouldn't pick up like a villain as a protagonist one. Yeah. Like willingly. Like if I didn't know, fine. Like I'll read it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It was just done so well because it's like same thing. Like you know this guy is a horrible human being and did some horrible things. Mm-hmm. But just like to feel like that empathy a little mm-hmm. bit. And yeah. you're like. I feel a little dirty th- feeling these things. <laughs> like, yeah, like but it means it's like a good story. It's good writing, and it's, it's like good writing. And I think that that's the big thing is it has to be good writing to like oh, pull it for off. Sure. Right? And it, and it has to be like I don't want to like read about a villain who's just like a horrible nasty person, and that's all they like. They have no other redeeming qualities, or there's no other purpose mm-hmm. behind what they're doing. Like I don't think that would be super interesting. Yeah, but. Yeah, having this like full on backstory and actually making them a well rounded 
villain is like what's interesting. It. Yeah. yeah. I will say there's another version of this, which I'm actually, I'm not going to talk about the book I'm thinking of. Uh, anyone who's read it will know immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other version of this that I think is really rewarding when done right is the you were secretly reading the villain or we mm-hmm. are secretly the villain. Mm-hmm. There's a specific example I'm thinking of. Um, and I'll tell you after, uh, but I don't want to <laughs> say it because it's going to ruin it. It's like a spoiler for it's sure. A, it's total spoiler. Yeah. And I, there's no good way to warn people about what book I'm talking about yep. without spoiling it and saying it. And then once I say it, it kind of ruins the the shock value of that moment. Mm-hmm. So I think anyway, but I do. I, I love that when it's done right, because it it has to be good writing where you have that oh my god moment at the end. Yeah. Where you realize that they didn't intend to be the villain or they didn't know something about being these bad people, but they realize at the end that they might be the problem. Yeah. So I just think that that's an interesting way to kind of like make this one like super valuable as a reader. Yeah. I'm just like comparing like this trope to like um, No Country for Old Men. Like that would be one that I would say like you follow the villain and the villain like wins in the end and i just didn't like it like that would be oh, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. opposite Maybe too far for too you. far yeah like that's what i mean when like the villain isn't re- like he's not like a relatable character in that yeah. moment which is the point but it's like i don't i don't want to read that like that's not my job yeah, but totally like fair. everything else that we've been talking about i'm like i'd rather pick up yeah that. yeah okay do you have another one um so my other one is kind of like like a fun one um, like tournament arcs or not just a tournament. Oh my God. I didn't even think about this. Yeah. I realized that I'm always leaning towards those. Like I think I picked up Throne of Glass because of that. Yeah. Um, the not game th- element. The game. It's just like fun. And I love. Which you also read the other one, which was like, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was about the girl and she like participated in the game for like a whole bunch of money. Oh, panic? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like I definitely like lean towards those because I'm always curious how like they always like get into like these situations where you're like, well, how how are they going to figure out how to pass that? Like they're just like this they're usually like a weaker or like character. You're usually you're usually the underdog. Yeah, usually the underdog going in or what like they need to be the person who wins <laughs> so sorry i'm laughing because i'm just gonna explain why i'm laughing so i play magic the gathering arena yeah. this is a such a tangent but it also connects um and in the you know that oh, like games have like loading screens and then like, lo- like give hints or tips or whatever mm-hmm. one of the messages is everybody loves a good comeback story so don't quit is basically like they're like don't quit on your person yeah so what i what I just love about that is it's true, though, because everybody yeah. loves the underdog. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you're the person who lost the underdog, obviously. Yeah. But a good underdog story is fascinating. And I think that's, yeah, what it comes down to, because it is like a a real life thing, too. When you watch like sports games or like yeah, totally. anything, it's like you want the team. Once that, my team's out, I'm rooting for the underdog. Yeah. It's yeah. like you want them to do well, even if you have no other relation to this yeah. person or thing. So it's just like, I just noticed that that's what I really I'm totally love. noticing that though. So like Aelin or mm-hmm. Sel- Selena, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> in Throne of Glass. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, she's totally the underdog because everyone else has like trained for this tournament. Yeah. And, and they knew it was coming and she's like plucked out of a prison. Yeah. And like is super weak. Yeah. And, and stuff. Just... And then you have Katniss who's mm-hmm. District 12. Definitely can't train for it. Like lived in poverty her whole life is malnourished like Mm -hmm. coming into the situation and you have i was even thinking of the squid games yeah you have the total underdog he's just a random guy off the he's literally a random guy off the street and you like don't even really like him because he's just a gambler who gambled away his whole Mm -hmm. his like money and you're like i don't a little villain as protagonist like it's not the villain but it is like you like do you like do you empathize with this guy? Yeah, like you eventually do, but it's just I just love that. And like of uh, some other ones that I've read was a War Cross by Marie Lou. Like yeah. that's kind of that same idea. Like she totally underdog. Underdog, like no one's expecting her to go very far in that. Um and then we have uh like Harry Potter Goblet of Fire is a classic yes, yeah. one. Yeah, he was the underaged underage everyone thinks that although like, is he really an underdog when he's like the chosen one yeah this is fair that's fair but like still is, is that like i just remember that was my favorite book at because the time of the game element. because of the yeah. game element like it's like okay how is he gonna defeat a dragon like I, how is he gonna do all this stuff i actually think that's true too because like i remember reading the hunger games and obviously you you have this idea of the bigger theme and the bigger picture at hand and i remember feeling almost guilty that i was almost a little bit excited mm-hmm. that we were getting another one in the second one like the quarter quell and yes. that she had to go back in because i was like i yes. want to know more about the game aspect yeah like it's just like such a it's just interesting because they can be done so differently in any kind of genre or book yep. or anything yep. and it's still entertaining to me plus like i said not just a tournament is another like plot trope that i like and that's when it's like you think it's just a regular regular old tournament or game or whatever but then there's something going on in the background so like i just read hide by kirsten white and it's basically a group of people thinking that they're going in to win money playing hide and seek um but then they find out as the days pass that there's actually something more sinister going on yes so then you're invested in like the game element of it too but then you're like okay but what is actually going on behind the scenes yeah um yeah. I will say I think that's what ruined Warcross or Warcross for me mm. was that was like taken too far. Yeah. Um, and also the stakes I didn't feel like were appropriate in the second book, Wildcard, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the series lost me for sure. But the first one, like, like you're expecting the reveal of this is bigger, but like also kind of not at the same time yeah yeah i like that one it ties into another trope that i actually i didn't make any notes on but i did mm-hmm. look at and mm-hmm. it's the bigger evil oh right? yeah so it's where like you have that like small evil and then you realize that there's a bigger thing going on mm-hmm. it does tie into one of mine <laughs> that i really like which is um when the enemies or like two enemies have to come together to fight for the bigger evil Yes, I have that one too. Oh my god! I this is why you're my best. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I was at first I wasn't sure where you were going with that, and I'm like, oh yeah, now now yeah. I get it. Which like we see in the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. in the sense of like, Katniss is not a huge fan of 
uh, Finnick, mm-hmm. but it's like the bigger evil is being fought. Obviously, she grows um, to like him and understand him. And same with like Joanna. I think mm-hmm. that that moment where she's like, I have to work with Joanna. Are you kidding me? Is yeah. kind of there. But they know that they're actually fighting against a bigger thing. Yeah. And there's kind of a bigger thing going on, even if Katniss isn't fully aware of it yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of when that's done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all of these I'm a fan of when it's done well. Well, exactly. And like, I I really like that trope, but I also like when it's the villain is kind of like, showing that they're actually not that bad of a person too like yeah yeah they're yeah they're teaming up with um like you know their enemy to yeah. like defeat this bigger evil but then they kind of like start changing as yeah like a person as well like i have manon from throne of glass series yes. like she's she's actually like my favorite character from that series because of like the growth that she goes through and like ends up teaming up with the rest of the crew yeah yeah totally i totally i and i think that that's a good redemption Mm -hmm. arc yes that's right like that's where kind of i think that's why i really like the trope Yeah, yeah i i agree I also, so that ties me in since we're talking about villains and also <laughs> changing heart. It's the villain makes the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So again, you have to have the bigger evil coming in. Yeah. And you have to have the kind of redemption arc for the villain starting. But yeah, that moment where they make the final sacrifice for the good guys so that they don't have to as kind of like kind of the martyr right like the that person um or when that's and i don't always like this again i have an example from the lord of the rings that i do really like but boromir um betrays kind of momentarily tries to betray the fellowship and he ends up kind of using that as a reason to like extra protect them yeah and it's this nice redemption moment i don't always like that it has to and it generally does end in death but i do like when they have that moment where they they do kind of get to redeem themselves Mm -hmm. even if it's um whether it's like a villain doing it or you know there's maybe a larger play or something going on there yeah no again if it's done well if it's done well it works it works and i love it um I'm going to go, well, still kind of on death a little bit. Villains and deaths and sort of. Um, I like the trope of 10 little murder victims. Like, that's kind of like officially what it's called. Okay. But it's like the murder mystery where you have a group of people who are invited to a secluded area. Basically Clue. (laughs) Maybe that's why I like this trope because Clue is a fabulous game. Um, but yeah, basically that's it. Um, I've read a ton of books similar to that. I would say like Agatha Christie's like, and then there were none were kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, the most classic version of it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, there's probably tons of other ones, but I'm thinking even like the video game Until Dawn. Yes. Yeah. It kind of has that vibe of like. Same vibe. And it's like, again, like it can be, you know, it could be like a mysterious invite to a place or maybe they are just like a group of friends going um like somewhere skiing or doing whatever like i've read multiple books and they're just like fun because what has that almost game aspect yeah it's a game aspect to it you're like involved and you're like you follow usually just one character and you're just like who could it be like like what has happened here yeah. yeah like 
is it an outside person? Well, maybe not because they're secluded. Like if they can't leave, then no one can come in. I always feel like in these ones too, you're like a little bit judging how good the author is. In the sense, like, you have that moment where they're, like, clearly trying to make it feel like it's someone. Yeah. And you're, like, are you trying to make it feel like that person so you can, like, flip the switch? Or are you going to write it that obviously? Or did I pick up on clues that, like, aren't that obvious? And I think that's what makes it fun because it's, like, you have all these characters and they all have, like, their own characteristic tropes and stuff, too. So it's, like... I love how, like, authors play with it because it's not always the same. Like, typically you have, like, an idiotic person and who's just there for comic relief and they're yeah. a red herring. But, like, maybe in this one they're actually... They're actually... Maybe it's going to be flipped. Maybe it's yeah. going to be a total, yeah, inversion of the trope. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just fun. Like, it's always, like, I know what to expect when I'm going into it. But yeah. it's, like, they're just fun, easy reads. And I, again, like, I just lean towards them because it can be in any genre. It can be young adult. It can mm-hmm. be thriller horror it could even just be like fun little i don't know just like anything and it can just be done in so many different ways um i was just gonna offer some like examples so one by one by ruth ware Mm -hmm. is one like ruth ware is like classic thriller writer um that's one where they're secluded on a ski hill Mm. um one of us is lying is a by karen m mcmanus is a young adult one yeah so that one is fun that one i really liked because it's kind of like breakfast club vibes with with this trope and they're all in detention and one of them doesn't come out one of them and well alive i guess i should say (laughs) doesn't come out alive. alive um and then it's not necessarily they're secluded in detention for the whole book but you get to see like their background and yeah why why would they be suspects in this like what happened between yeah. them and the person who died like why would they be in it so that that's fun too so it's almost like oh it's the why done it not yeah. who done it necessarily that mm, you're in for it so that's that's one all right i have a i have a small one i want to talk about which is um the extended disarming so this is the uh when the armed character has to drop all their weapons and we're going to be here a while to while they, you know, pull the 13th dagger out of their boot and you know oh, like that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um so again, you can tell them on like a little bit of a Lord of the Rings kick too cuz it's very heavy in Lord of the Rings. We have a scene where uh, Aragorn is like in the movie. It's a nice visual of how it happens, mm-hmm. but it also occurs in the book. It's a little bit like funny for a different reason, maybe like a slightly different reason in the book. But um, <laughs> they they definitely like it's just like everyone's like just taking off these swords and like they just have so many weapons. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the guards are like, that it? (laughs) And I especially love, and I know it's cheesy, but I especially love when like the person who's like, Kate, drop all your weapons or you're not allowed weapons in here does the classic and the other one. Yeah. 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 And I know it's a cheesy line, but it makes me smile every time. (laughs) And I love it so much. And then they pull a blade out of like a stupid spot. And it's just like, it's like so funny because it's, it's not realistic and then they, you always know that they secretly still have a weapon on them yeah all the and time. i i just i just love i just love it in its little predictability but like it's still very fun yeah. so that's just a small one i like that one that one's cute yeah um i this one's kind of small too but kind of like the when your sidekick character has to like they're forced into stepping up and like 
doing something even though yes, they're like afraid yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Neville Longbottom would be like prime example of that. I was also thinking Ron Weasley. Ron is a good one. And specifically in the Chamber of Secrets when he has to go into the forest with the spiders. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Um also from like uh um Garth Snick Garth Nix's <laughs> Couldn't speak for a Garth second. Snix. Garth Snix's um, <laughs> old kingdom series. Yeah. There's Liriel and she's escorting or with Prince Samoth. And anytime she like goes into into death, she's like frozen and soulless yeah. and basically unprotected. And he's forced in that moment um to protect her while she's doing that where he doesn't believe in himself so yeah i just like that because you're like usually they like don't really have a purpose until <laughs> they can prove themselves that they do so that's always fun that kind of so you just talked about like garth nix and then that momentarily got me thinking of uh say sabriel but i also really like the they were secretly royalty mm, yes uh so that also occurs in like spoilers Throat of glass. Yeah. Uh, But also, obviously, Touchstone Mm -hmm. secretly being this, like, frozen prince. But him taking on the name of a a jester, essentially, because he doesn't think he has the honor anymore. Mm -hmm. But I I really love that, like, twist. And I really only love it when I, like, super don't see it coming. Which, like, I don't know if it's just because when I was young. I was, like, young when I read Sabirel. But, like, I definitely didn't really see it coming that he was going to be, like, the prince. Yeah. And it has to be, like, revealed at, like, a good time, too, I find. Because if you wait too long, then you're, like, it's obvious that it's Yeah, it has to be, like... And I think that one came at a good time, if I'm remembering. Because it's, like, before it really matters. Yeah. And I liked that a lot because... In the moment, if it's just like, oh, I'm secretly of royal blood, it's like, oh, that's convenient, too. Like, it feels yeah. a little bit like, mm. It's like, cool. I mean, we figured that out, like, two chapters ago. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I, I do enjoy the, like, secretly royal or secretly has more power. Yeah. And you weren't really kind of, like, expecting it. Yeah, yeah. That's always fun, for sure. It's a nice reveal. And it's not, I don't know, as long as it's done right. Done right. Then it's, like, really just you know believable yeah in that totally moment. totally do you have any other ones you kind of want to mention here before we wrap this one up um i guess like just mention like kind of like the magic going away at the end of like books and stuff like okay. that or like there's a risk of the magic going away if you have like a magic world mm-hmm. or even if it's coming back like the magic starts off you have nothing and then all of a sudden you have like there's the real possibility you can come back so i have um um night circus yeah i was gonna say yeah like that's kind of like you're like oh like there's actually a purpose of them being in the circus and like yeah. they're the ones keeping it alive and magical and all this stuff so it's like you understand why they want like these kids and whatever i don't you know like to yeah. be a part of the circus and to like join them but yeah i don't know like i just it's just like something kind of like it, it like also raises the stakes of everything yeah it's nice raises the stakes and it can either be like a huge plot of the story or just like a smaller plot in the background or you can like have like a huge series with it like you can do Mm -hmm. so much with it um yeah i don't know like that's just one thing that i I notice that i do lean towards to or do enjoy if they're in a book uh this isn't so much a plot plot thing it's more like a character Mm -hmm. thing but it affects 
how we read the plot, so I'm counting it. <laughs> um, it's just unreliable narration. Oh, yeah. Again, good. when done correctly, obviously, <laughs> or when done in a way that I feel like is like a balance, it's it's a really nice read. I think it can be cheap and it can like totally affect your read. I think this is best done when it's subtle and you kind of just have to like slowly pick on it up on it. Yeah. Um, but enough that it's still very intentional and we don't just have like a crappy narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I really I'm a big fan of that one. It's a good one too. All right. Well, shall we draw our next topic? Yeah, I think we should. All right. So this is a new addition into our book jar. Maybe didn't mix it up enough, but it works. <laughs> um, so what constitutes if you keep a book in your collection? or not, and why, and what is the reason you would do so? And this is from Jenny. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one. I feel like this will be interesting um, because, again, this feels a little bit more personal than talking about, like, favorite plot tropes or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm curious about what yeah. you're going to Yeah, I'm sure say. we'll have, like, somewhat different answers, but... Yeah, I think so, judging on my looming collection yeah why are they still there controlled one yeah well and it's like i'm probably gonna go through the books i have and be like yeah why do i have this still you're you're actually gonna come for the next podcast and be like so i got rid of all my books <laughs> yeah i didn't need them yeah um, i actually figured out i don't have a read no just kidding <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be interesting. We might end up even just talking about some of our favorite copies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that one will be fun. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything up next to read that you wanted to talk about? Well, actually for like, so I am reading a book, obviously. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not reading a movie. Yeah, I'm not reading a movie, guys. Um, it is I want to die, but I want to eat tuck bulky um and it's <laughs> it's a memoir oh my god <laughs> it's a memoir about this um fake see he the author um yeah. she goes to therapy and she recorded herself with her psychiatrist Ooh, and so it's basically that and like her being like vulnerable obviously and talking about that so um been reading that but after like going through like this week's topic I think my next read after that one is going to be Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Okay. Which is, I think it's a sci-fi book. Um, I kind of just, I think he released a new book recently on, so like social media was like blowing up about this series. Okay. And I seen um, like an Instagram reel of like all these like strong female characters in it. So like that That's first- That's the way to get Megan. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yes, please. So I put that on my to be read. And then I, when I was going through- kind of some of the tropes that I really enjoy that book kept coming up in oh interesting like that it's very interesting (laughs) so I was like so I'm thinking that might be you know know what book kept coming up for me which like uh Alex who does our book club will love is the wheel of time Mm, which mm -hmm. is like a like a seven is like an absurdly long series I don't know how many books it is Uh, I took Alex seven months i think she said mm-hmm. to read it and like sh- like people were like how did yeah. you read that in seven months kind of yeah. situation so i don't i don't know if that means i'll ever try it but it definitely like on a couple of the lists including some tropes that didn't quite make the cut for this it like came up as yeah. like having the trope and i was like 
interesting. Well, and that might, like, next time that you feel like picking up a tr- something with a trope like that, you might, you might lean have to towards that. Lean towards that and invest, I don't know, seven months of my yeah. time into that. I don't know. <laughs> don't <laughs> like, think about that part. Don't think about it, right? Just do it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say that uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, so, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. You know what? I'm an, I'm not even going to promise that I'm going to have a book read because mm-hmm. I feel like I need like the no pressure yeah, situation totally. right now. A couple that I have been looking at um, is A Ballad of Songbirds, uh, Snakes and Songbirds. Songbirds, Songbirds and, and snakes? snakes? Why can't we say it? I don't <laughs> Why understand. are we struggling with it? It's not great, but it maybe. Did just, you see me like double back on it twice? Yeah, too? like I almost said it correctly, and then I was like, "No, that's wrong." Yeah, I feel like it's not you though. Like I honestly feel like that one just doesn't roll off the tongue as no. some. And I books. feel like I feel like I flipped it once accidentally. Yeah, and then so I was like, "Oh, that's wrong." So now every time I say it, I'm like, "That's wrong." Yeah, and, but now I'm saying it correctly. I'm ever still like, "That's wrong." Anyway. That one I have been looking at, which you have offered to lend to me, which I thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Hellbent by Leah Bardugo. Oh, yes. And also um, my fancy Jane Austen collection came in. So maybe one of those. <gasps> Ooh. Well, you know, you got options. so And they're yeah. all different in their own ways. So whatever yeah. you feel like picking up when you yeah. want to. I'll just wait until it's like boiling over the urge to read. Yeah. And then. Maybe I can get out of the slump. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll invite you over and we'll just read for a week straight. I like that. Perfect. Good idea. All right. Any final thoughts, Megan? No, that's that. All right. Well, you heard the lady. That's that. So if you want to go follow us on Instagram, please do. We are at the book jar pod on there. And if you like this podcast, consider leaving us a review because we would really love that. It helps us find new listeners. And also your feedback is always appreciated. And as we mentioned before, we do have a Discord server. Uh, You can find the link to that in the description of this podcast or on our Instagram channel. Um, So go check us out there. Uh, You can join just to lurk around or to have some conversations about books that you've read or to join our book club. So lots of options there. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And I'm not going to dare to say keep on reading on because i know megan now wants don't to do a banjo it. don't start it <laughs> but uh yeah happy reading everyone bye <laughs>